morning, we want to talk about qualifying God's promises. In God's Word, there are all kinds of promises for us, and they are good. But who of us is living in the fullness of God's promises? I don't think any of us are. And the reason is, one of the big reasons is, is because, not because we don't believe God's promises, it's because we qualify them. We say, yes, this is a promise of God, this is true, but, and insert a number of various things. And so because we insert the but, we end up missing out on so much of the fullness of God's promises. So I want to talk about that so that we can address that, so that we can walk more fully in God's promises. And the place I want to go to for that is Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. And this is um, some familiar verses to many of you. But again, I think what can happen is that we can end up missing out on some of the things that God tells us because we qualify it. And there are several things that we're going to go through here. So the first one is, I want to read the first three verses, and I want to talk about that. It says, and this is Jesus speaking, Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moths eat them, rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Now when we read this, many of us say, yes, we've seen this happen. Treasures that we have here on earth, it's like we can't hold on to them. And so we hear that, oh, treasures in heaven, uh, no one can steal them, okay? Rust isn't going to destroy them. And we say, yes, I want that. But I want you to catch this last verse here. The last verse there says, where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Here's how we qualify that. We say, yes, Lord, I want my treasures to be in heaven. But when you think about what a treasure is, a treasure is something that you focus on and you protect. That's what a treasure is. Now, although all of us who claim to follow Christ would say, I want my treasures to be in heaven, here's what we do. We focus and we protect something here on earth and we say, but it's just for a time. It's just, it's just right now in this season of my life. But I want you to hear the danger of that. And that's why I think the Lord gives us this last verse in that section that says, where the desires or where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Because here's one of the things that the Lord's taught me. As I start to focus on something, what happens is, my desire for it grows as I focus on it. Have you ever noticed that? The longer you focus on something, the more your desire for it grows. The more your desire for it grows, the more you protect it. The more you protect it, the more important it is to you. 
And so one of the things that the enemy does is that he dupes us by saying, yes, you want your treasure to be in heaven, but right now you need to focus on fill in the blank. Maybe it's your job. Well, I, I know, I mean, I don't want to worship my job, but right now I'm trying to build my career and this is really important. So I need to put a ton of time into it. Well, guess what's going to happen? As you do that, you're going to focus on it and your desire for it's going to grow. And you know what's going to happen when your desire for it grows? Your desire for the Lord and the things of heaven are going to shrink. That's how it happens. It's one of the things that the Lord has taken me through because I've fallen into that very thing where I say, well, this is just for a time. And as I focus on it, my desire grows. And then if the Lord takes it away from me, I, I'm, I'm angry. So let me ask you right now, how is the enemy tempting you in this? What is it that you are focused on and your desire for it is growing? We, we've got to be careful. We, we've got to be careful when you know, we, we say to ourselves, well, this is just for a time. Because that time can, can, can grow. I mean, think about how we've been in this culture the last two years. We've been told things like, well, this is just for a time. And what's happened with that? Well, it, well okay, a little bit longer. Well, well, just a little bit longer. Let me tell you something. That is exactly how the enemy works. And where is the ending? There is none. There is none. It just keeps going and going. And so, what do we do with that? Well, when the enemy comes to us and says, you know, you need to focus on this right now. Listen, I, the, I can do the things in this world, okay? I can go to work, okay? I can love my kids, love my wife. I, I can do all of those things and keep my eyes on the Lord and not make those other things the object of my desire. But the way I do it is to keep my eyes focused on Him and to not tell myself, oh, well, but this is just for a time. You know, once I'm financially set, or, or, or once I get to a position in my job, then I can relax. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Once I've made a name for myself here, it doesn't happen. So don't miss out on the treasures that the Lord has for you, because that's the other thing that's happening, and I want you to see that. Whenever you choose something else that you're focused on, even though you're saying, well, it's just, just for a time. It's just while my kids are this age. Once you do that, what happens is, is that you are actually missing out on treasures in heaven because you're not actually focused on the Lord and you're not focused on hearing from Him and you're not focused on the results that are going to come out of that. Verse 22 says this, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy and your whole is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Now, what in the world do those verses have to do with the last part? It's all about focus, okay? Again, treasure. Where's your treasure? Your treasure is what you're focused on, okay? This last week, what were some of the top things that you thought about? 
I mean, you can say God's important to me, but were you every day throughout the day, were, is that where your thoughts were going? Or were there other things that were dominating your thoughts? I've got to protect this. I've got to get to that. Whatever it was, whatever it is, that's your treasure and that's what you're focused on. Well, that's what he's talking about here. He's talking about our eyes. And he's saying, what are your eyes focused on? And one of the things that I've found that I've had to really fight these last two years especially is being focused on darkness. Because darkness seems to be winning at every turn all around. And it, it, it's, it, it's tempting to look at it and just to stare at it. Well, the problem is, is uh, if I get focused on the darkness, guess what? That's what begins to enter into me. That's what I begin to reflect. And so that's why it's saying, if that's what you're focused on, the darkness is going to be deep. Well, listen, I have a choice. I can't change what, what goes on around me. I can't change that. But I can change what I focus on. And here's what I found. What I'm focused on is what comes out of me. And what comes out of me affects you if you're around me. And what comes out of you affects me if you're around me. Because that's what we are reflecting. So how do I change the course? I, I focus on the Lord. I focus on it. Does that mean I don't have a clue about what's going on around me? No. It's just that I'm not focused on it. I'm keeping my focus on the Lord. And what's the promise of that? The promise is light's going to come out. But once again, here's what we can do. Well, but it's really dark right now and I, I need to focus on this. It's just for a time. Guess what? The time will never end and you will stay focused on that darkness. Don't miss out on the promises of God. Don't let the enemy steal those things from you by telling you, hey, it's okay, I know how you feel, but this is just for a time. Verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will, be you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Now, again, most of us say, yeah, I agree with that. And most of us would probably say, I'm not enslaved to money. But you know what? I, I really liked what, what Daniel was sharing earlier. Because what he was sharing was a testimony of not being enslaved to money. Most of us think that being enslaved to money means that you have a bunch of it. No, not at all. Being enslaved to money means you are serving money. Okay? Now let me ask you, are you serving money? Now, all of us need to make money. We do. It's part of life, okay? But here again, I want you to hear this. You can make money without being focused on it. When you are focused on it, you are enslaved to it, you serve it, and you can't serve God. You see, because like Daniel was sharing, if he's focused on money, you know what he can't do? He can't give it to others. And then if he does give it to others and they don't, you know, do what they're supposed to, you know what? He's, he's going to be mad. Why? Because his heart is enslaved to money. 
So how do you know if you're enslaved to money if it's not about how much you have? What do you base your decisions on? You need a job, okay, to make money. That's fair enough, okay? But once again, you don't have to serve money and be enslaved to it. If you say to yourself, I have to take this job here because it makes more money, but it takes me away from my family, it takes me away from other things that God's called me to, it takes me away from worshiping with the church, then you are enslaved to money. Well, but you don't understand. This is just for a time. You see, I got these bills. I've got this house. I've got this vehicle. This is just for a time. Once again, go back to the previous verses. What's going to happen? Your desire is going to grow. Your desire is going to grow for more money. Your desire is going to grow for you know, the things that you're using the money on. And it's going to steal your heart. God, listen to this. There's no qualification. You can't serve money and God. You will love one and you will hate the other. You must choose. Now, if you say, I love God, he's going to provide for you. And these verses are going to talk about that. Is is he not going to send you to work? No, he's going to send you to work. Okay. But he's going to send you to work in a way so that you can do the other things that he has called you to do. But when you are enslaved to money, you've got to say no to other things. You've got to say no to your kids. You've got to say no to the ministry God would call you to, okay? And kids are part of that ministry. When you are focused and you are enslaved. But here's the good news. Listen, you do not have to be enslaved to it. You do not have to be enslaved to it. God can provide for you if you will focus on Him. Again, does that mean you don't work? No, it doesn't. that's not what that means. But it means you're focused on Him and He will provide. He goes on. Verse 25. That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? And your body more than clothing. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Now, when you read through that, you may think to yourself, but wait a minute, I've got a plan. Yes, you need to plan. Planning's good. There are other places in Scripture that talk about the fact that if you're not harvesting in the summer, you're going to starve in the winter. Okay? You need to plan. That's not what this is talking about. Because once again, you can go about your day, you can work, you can do the things that God has called you to while being focused on the Lord. This is talking about worrying about it. That's the thing. You don't need to focus on it. If you focus on it, your desires for it are going to grow. You're going to want to protect it more. And what's going to happen is you are going to cut out the ministries that God has called you to. And you're going to miss out on the rewards that God wants to give you. You see what I'm saying? That's this qualification that comes in. We say to ourselves, but wait a minute, we need to plan. Yes, you need to plan. But it does not need to be your focus. 
How much of your focus should it be? As much as God leads you to it, okay? How are you going to know that, though? When you're focused on Him, not focused on the other. Verse 28, And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Why do you have so little faith? Here's the answer to the question. Here's why we have so little faith. Because we take our eyes off God and we begin to focus on the thing. Whenever we take our eyes off God and we begin to focus on the thing, here's what happens to our faith. It shrinks. Your faith is active. It's either growing or it's shrinking. Where's it at? Where's your eyes focused? You know what? It's so interesting about this clothing thing. I, I, th this really struck me as I was just reading through this. You know where I have seen the most beautiful clothing I've ever seen in the world? I'm not joking. Third world countries. Guatemala. I'll never forget, we were going up to a feeding center way up in the mountains. I mean, very few people lived. These people lived on dirt floors. We're standing up in the back of this truck. We're riding along. And I can remember in the distance seeing these young girls. And they had these beautiful dresses. They were just flowing. There were no shops anywhere. There were no restaurants. There was no civilization. All you saw were huts. And you know what these people did? They worked out in the fields. And I don't know how they did it. But these little girls wore the most beautiful dresses. It was stunning. Nigeria, same thing. Walking in dirt. I, I mean, the, the church that we went to, there's no AC, you got open windows, and I mean, the outside, everything is dirty, but the people and their clothes, they have nothing. And it's, it's unbelievable. God provides for them. But us, we're, we're all focused on it. We're all focused on it. And I, I'm, not I'm not just saying this. The most beautiful clothes I've seen are third world countries where they have nothing else. And they look to God because He is the one that must provide. And one of the things I want to share here when it talks about, you know, what's the difference between worrying Okay? And, and working. And I've shared this before, but, but I think for my grandfather, he had a pivotal moment in his life. My grandfather was a workaholic, and um, I, I mean, he, he worked constantly and would not stop. But there was a point in his life where the Lord called him to him, and he said, I want you to follow me, and he did that. But even as he followed the Lord, he still wrestled with not being a workaholic. And part of it was he grew up dirt poor, okay? And he didn't like that. He wanted to have, and he didn't worship things, but he just, <laughs> there's just always this drive in him to work. And what he did was he farmed, okay? 
He farmed and he had a fertilizer business. Well, there's a season, there's a time where you need to go hard if you are in that business. But there was a time when the Lord convicted him and said, okay, I know that this is your business. I know this is what you depend on. But even when it's that time of year that everybody's going as hard as they can, I still want you to take one day a week and I want you to stop and I want you to worship me. And I got to tell you, it made people mad because not only was he doing it for his personal farming, he shut down his fertilizer business. And so the other farmers that were saying, hey, we got to get going. We only got so much time. Well, here's what my grandpa did. He didn't stop working. He still worked hard. But on that day, he said, I'm going to follow Jesus. And the difference was he was trusting in the Lord. And he was saying, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm going to work, but I'm not going to worry about this. That's the difference. Verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Okay, so again, does that mean you don't think about these things at all? No, that's not what it means. But it means that you put God above all else. Do you need to make money? Yes. But you don't need to be enslaved to money. Here's another way that you can know that you're enslaved to money. Do you give at least 10% if you're following the Lord to Him? If you do not, you are enslaved to money. Well, but this is just for a time. You're enslaved to money. You're enslaved to it. Well, but you can't say that. I don't make very much. I don't care if you make two pennies. You're enslaved to money. And you know what you're doing? You're missing out on the promises of God. If Mark Wells was here, for you, those who know him, he would say, it's the one time that God says, test me. Amen. And I want you to hear this. If you never test God, if you never put everything in God's lap where if He doesn't come through, you aren't going to make it, I want you to hear this. You will never have a testimony. You will have never have anything to testify about. Well, yeah, I was okay because, you know, I worked extra hours or I saved here. Great testimony about yourself. Where's that going to lead you? If you don't test God, if you don't, like, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but this is what you say, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to trust you here. That's where testimonies are born. That's where we go, i got to tell you about this. <laughs> because, but you know what? When it talks about the unbelievers and these things that dominate their life, they will never have that. They will never have that. So let me ask you, where's God calling you right now to develop a testimony? Where's He calling you right now to trust Him? Because we're all in different places. Maybe for you, the, the money thing, you're in a pretty good place for. 
Maybe it's something totally different for you right now. I don't know what it is. Maybe it has something to do with, you know, relationships or careers or hobbies. I don't know what it is. But what is it that God is saying to you? I want you to trust me with this. God wants to give you a testimony. I don't know what that testimony is, but he wants to give it to you. And he can't give it to you unless you say, I'm not going to qualify your promises, God. I'm going to do exactly what you say. Last verse says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I want you to notice something. It doesn't say that your day is not going to have trouble. It says the opposite. Your day's going to have trouble, okay? But what it's saying is, quit being focused on tomorrow. And man, I need to hear that. Because I, I, I just, that's what I start doing. I, I'm like, well, how's this going to play out? Well, how's this going to play out? Well, how's this going to play out? And God's saying, take what you have today, bring it before me, and focus on me. And God says, I'm going to provide for you. He's going to provide for you. So that you can tell others, look what God did in my life. I didn't do it. It's not because of me. But I trusted Him. And look what He did. What's going to happen to your faith is it's going to grow. And others are going to see it. You are going to reflect the light. But it's never going to happen as long as you try to make things happen on your own. As long as you keep developing those plans and this is how you're going to make things happen. You're never going to have a testimony. Your face going to shrink. You're going to keep focused on darkness. That darkness is going to consume you. And you are going to end up with treasures on this earth that are stolen, rust away, and you can't take them with you. But if you will turn it and you will say, God, I'm going to give it all to you, you're going to have, prom you're going to have promises that are fulfilled. You're going to have rewards in heaven that are eternal and nobody can take away from you. God, we want those rewards. Help us not be duped by the enemy, Lord, uh, when we say, well, I'm just going to focus on this for a time and eventually it's going to change. Because it changes our hearts when we do that, Lord. So help us, whatever we're focused on right now, above you, Lord, help us to turn our eyes to you. To turn our eyes to you and to trust you, Lord. And then to share the testimony that results from that. Lord, thank you for the testimonies that you've given us. Those of us right here. But thank you for the testimonies that are down the road. The testimonies that are now based on the decisions that we make right now. Lord, I pray that we would choose to trust in you. Not our own means, not our own plans, but instead to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would stand.